Welcome to the Warriors Arise podcast. Warriors Arise exists to educate and empower women to break free from the labels of their past in order to find hope, passion, and purpose. We pray that this message speaks to you, and if so, we invite you to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a single episode. And please be sure to share with your friends. As a fellow warrior, you play an important role in delivering a message of hope and freedom to the countless women who desperately need to hear it. We hope that you enjoy week three of the series, The Battle of Identity. Hello, and welcome back to the Warriors Arise podcast. I am Susie Hansen. Joining me today is my co-founder, Stephanie Reed. How are you today? Fantastic. How are you today? I'm doing wonderful. I'm so excited for today. We have a very special guest, which I'm going to let you introduce. Yes, I'm excited. This is one of my very best friends, and we have been for 15 plus years and something like that. It's been a long time. (laughs) I don't think I knew that. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a long time. But this is Miss Sherry Yates, and she is no stranger to everyone who is around the Oklahoma City area. And so we're so excited that she's here with us, and she's going to share a lot of great information for all of you ladies out there listening on who who you are in Christ, what it means to be, you know, just secure in your identity. But Sherry, just first tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Who are you? And because I could talk about you all day long, but I want them to hear a little bit from you about Thank you. Yeah, well, about thank what you you're for about. having me. You are welcome. Really excited Thanks to be here. Yes. So I work with my husband every day, which some people would think was really annoying, but I enjoy <laughs> working with him. Mm-hmm. And we run a little consulting firm in Oklahoma City. I have three daughters that I have homeschooled, and I finish the final wow. one mm. May 2022. Doesn't so, seem real. Is that no. bittersweet? It is. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of excited. Yeah. But it's also very sad. I've cried on my floor a few times. (laughs) You definitely are in a season of finding a new normal. I am. Mm -hmm. And it's difficult because you want to hold on to the the times that were really dear. And instead, you have to let it go. Yeah. So I don't love that. I don't love it. And I have wondered, you know, these seasons are so hard, but moms don't talk about it. It's like no one talks about this season. It's like they just gird up and hold on. So look for a book someday on this season. (laughs) I'm 41 years old, and my mom and I still have emptiness syndrome every time we leave each other. That's so sweet. We do. And so I don't think it ever really disappears, and nor does it have to. Well, it's still sad. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Learning to rejoice. Yeah. So that's the season I'm in right now and trying to figure out what to do with the rest of my life. Isn't that crazy? My youngest is not quite graduating yet. We've got three years to go, but I'm like, oh my goodness, we're almost done. I mean, what are we going to do? Right. So I, My husband I said, understand. you know, I'm winding down and you're winding up. <laughs> we're going in the opposite directions here. I said, well, I will be busy and you just come along for the ride. Yeah, I like that. That's we'll a good get an ride. RV or something. That could be fun. Travel right. the world. Well, we've been discussing, you know, the battle of our identity this whole month of January. And so, Sherry, let the listeners know a little bit of what did you battle growing up? How did your identity get distorted? We were actually talking a little bit earlier, Mm -hmm. and I'm older now. Obviously, my kids are graduating, and I'm in a different season of life. So I was saying, you know, it's been a while since I had the identity crisis of a lifetime. Wow. And I just don't really think that very many people don't have an identity crisis. 
you know, you're raised by your parents. They tell you who you are. Circumstances mm-hmm. define you. The things that are done to you, the things that you do, the awards you win, the failures you have, uh, they mark you, right? Yep. So I was marked at a young age. I would say that my first age I was marked was when I was three. My parents got a divorce. My dad left, and he was an alcoholic, so he just disappeared from my life. And mm. I remember cried in my room. I specifically remember bawling myself to sleep every night for years. Like, where's my dad? Wow. Mm -hmm. Feeling that rejection. Yes. And I didn't, even still to this day, I am uncovering where I still fear, I fear rejection. Yeah. I don't, I don't like rejection. I like to keep people. Like we've been friends for a really long time. (laughs) Susie and I've been friends for a long time. And I just, I like to keep people. I don't like to get rid of people. I don't want anyone to be marked with that rejection like I was. So that was my first marking. And I think it just made me start to shape my personality into someone who wouldn't be rejected. Yeah. Really dangerous. Yeah, Yeah, it is very dangerous. Especially when you Mm -hmm. take the world we have today or you put sex in the picture, you Mm -hmm. know, stuff like that. It's like, you're going to do whatever is necessary to To not be be rejected. Yeah. To be approved. That's a good word. Yeah. I wanted approval of people, you know, and the word says you can't um, be a people pleaser and a servant of Christ at the same time. It doesn't happen. So when you're lost and you don't know Christ, you just, and you're saying yes and pleasing man and trying to find your approval and your identity in people, we all do it. Yeah. We all do it. Yeah. So that's where I started. So. Yeah, I was, I pretty much think I wrote the book on people pleasing, <laughs> at least a chapter, a big chapter in that book. And I would say a novel, an yes, encyclopedia set absolutely. on people pleasing. Yes. <laughs> Stephanie. And as, what are you talking about? We, <laughs> we've all probably read a chapter in that book. <laughs> there are some cons <laughs> of being friends for so long. <laughs> Sorry. I love you. I love you. <laughs> But as I'm thinking back on a lot of relationships that I've had or known, especially a lot of the people in my life who are addicts or recovering addicts, you know, it goes back to them trying to fit in somehow mm-hmm. or trying to fill a void somehow. And in my own personal life, we shared this before, how, you know, I became addicted to working out in my 20s because of needing mm-hmm. the approval of people. Wow. And so, again, you just go back to that approval of man and it was a horrible journey, but one worth learning from. You're still addicted to working out just no, with a different purpose. Yeah, I just definitely not addicted because I no. don't beat myself <laughs> up if I miss a day like I used to. Yeah. But yes. Well, you're very fit. Oh, well, very, very fit. <laughs> very fit. <laughs> so, so back to anyway, people pleasing. <laughs> Great. So, Sherry, I just. Um, One of the things that attracts me to you is that you are a very confident woman. And so you you talk about having stumbled in, you know, being marked with rejection and people pleasing for that approval. So how were you able to become such a confident woman? I mean, you know who you are, you know whose you are, and I know that you know that without a doubt. And so can you kind of fill in the gap for our listeners? And what did that look like? Because there was a time in my life when I had no idea that I could be something different. 
I just felt like, well, these are the cards that I've been dealt. This is just the way life is. Right. And I had no idea it could be better or different. So tell us about that. Sure. I I thank you for saying that. First of all, it's a huge compliment. It is a huge compliment. (laughs) Thank you for seeing it because there are days and I don't feel it. And I, you know, it's really nice that other people can see it. God drops those little gifts in your day to day just because, you know, just because you don't see it doesn't Doesn't mean mean nobody else does. Right. Well, you know your own heart the best. Yes. So you know where you're falling short every day, (laughs) right? And you're like, oh, I could have said this. But the beautiful thing about that is God still uses your your, you know, 50% or your 75% to still reach other people. Yeah. So that's good. Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> I like it. Okay. So I think that what happened was just, you know, I was marked with so many different labels. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just rejection. It just, I mean, it, it was like I had a series of label or like a label makers, like, like loading me up with, you know, abused and, I um, laughter hurt and leading. stupid. Yeah. I just, I remember my stepdad would call me stupid all the time. And so, you know, from a young age, I would hit myself in the head and just call myself stupid. And I used to do that too. That's why I was gasping oh, because who does I, that? What, well, what I, I used to think, what is wrong with me? Right. Pull my own hair. I'm yes. so stupid. And I mean, what marker crazy. was I measuring myself against? I don't yeah. even know. It's just the approval of man. Yeah. I didn't want to be marked in a negative way. Yeah. And so yeah. I just kept searching and I, you know what I ended up figuring out was that no person could actually help me feel valued. Mm. You know, there's a song by Misty Edwards and it says, all men are broken and broken men break their children. Yep, that's it, right. And it's powerful. I'm bigger that's than true. that. Yeah. He says, I'm bigger than that. And your babies will be my babies. And mm. so I just... I mean, I searched forever. I did, I mean, I did everything. I put my value in men. I put my value in my work. I put my value in, uh, I was on a professional dance team. I put my value in that and I strayed and sinned and got lost. And, you know, you know what happened was it didn't matter what I ate, who, who, you know, gave me a present. It didn't matter who spoke life into me or encouragement or who loved me. It didn't, none of that mattered at the end of the day, every single day, I still felt alone and empty and dirty and mm. a sinner. And I felt like I'm, no one's ever going to love me. No one's ever going to stay. So I actually ended up becoming a runner. Wow. So if I thought that someone would reject me, I would reject them first. Yep. Self-sabotage. Yep. 100% all the time. Yep. Just whatever it was, I would always reject it first because I didn't want to be around somebody that made me feel bad. And, you know, if you live your life based on feelings and based on labels of someone else and on your own merit, the things you've done, the failures you've had, you will always be on a roller coaster or you'll be on a merry-go-round that's spinning. You can't get off. You're puking. You're sick. It's horrible. And so, you know, I can honestly say there was nothing I did ever that changed that. I I never found any good value. I'd find temporary value. I'd find temporary fun or temporary success. Or, you know, I tried drinking. I tried smoking. I mean, I tried it all. None of it satisfied. And then I read in scripture where it says, you know, that God set eternity in the hearts of man. Mm -hmm. And I do remember, you know, my grandma telling me when I was little, Jesus loved you. And I just got to the point where I started thinking like, 
okay, one thing I remember grandma saying is Jesus loves me. And I was actually on my college campus one day and a man was standing there far away and he yells at me, would you like a Bible? (laughs) And I was like, yes. I mean, I just, I thought, oh, that's the answer. And I, I ran towards him. I take this little green Bible and I read like John 3, 16 and I never picked it up again. And I, I just kept spinning. So when I look back over my life, I can see where the Lord was always drawing me, you know, by putting my grandma in my life, by, you know, putting that man there with the Bible. I see all these places where the Lord was, but it just wasn't until I just really wanted to die. Mm. You know, it was really at the end of myself. And I just thought, what's the point in living um, that I just made a decision. You know, it wasn't a supernatural. Like, oh, God came, picked me up out of the ditch. And, oh, the supernatural thing happened. It was like, you know, I'm going to just make a decision to choose you, mm-hmm. Lord. And I'm going to go to church, and I'm going to start following you. So I literally just stopped one day and changed the things my, I did. Yeah, Because we repeat our habits, right? We get up yeah. every day and my, my dad was an alcoholic, and he recovered towards the end of his life and did a lot of great things. But last night, my family and I were all talking about the things we do. And I'm like, this is because we have an addictive personality like <laughs> Grandpa, because you know, that's why we don't drink, because we don't want to have that addiction. <laughs> but it runs right. in the family, right? And so I, I had the same habits and patterns, and all I did was turn and started, you know, new addictions. And I made my addiction— focus God. Yeah. And I just started running after him. And I didn't know what that looked like. I had no fulfillment. I still didn't feel fulfilled. I just went to church and I really loved going to church. I felt, you know, like kind of encouraged at church. And I would think like, oh, maybe that was the first time, Susie, that I realized that there was a better way before Christ really got my life. And I'm going to say I surrendered my life to Christ when I was 10, but he didn't get me. Oh, yeah. I think I got him, but he didn't get me. So I I just, I was a drama girl. Yeah. I was full of hate and spite and mean and fun. I was always fun, smunky You're person. the life of the party. Probably the life of the party. <laughs> and if I didn't that. like you, you were going to be out, you know, probably <laughs> sassy pants. But I just think I didn't under, I never saw, I never saw a way out, but I didn't know I needed one. I just thought everybody was like that. So I was a drama queen, a worry wart, fearful. I was so scared. I was scared of losing everything, losing my family, losing work, losing whatever. I mean, always in a constant fear. I'd watch the news and that would make me scared. Like even the news today, it's like you want to crawl under your pillow or, you know, you can be really upset by all of those things. But the girl I was then to the girl I am now isn't the same. So when I listen to the news, I have a different response yeah. because of Christ. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I can talk about that. I would love for you to, because I, I'm sure that there are many of our listeners nodding their heads right now and amening because they can relate to everything that you're saying. I know I am. And, and so how do you go from, obviously, you had to make a decision. You made a choice. You took action. But we kind of talked a little bit about this beforehand as well. You know, we became new, but we don't feel new. <laughs> and so the battle, the daily grind, what does that look like? And how did you not give up hope? Well, I had already tried everything else. So it was really easy to not turn back. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> I'm like, well, that was actually hopeless. Mm-hmm. I always say that my worst day in Christ 
is better than my best day without Christ. Yep, for sure. So I had already been through this pattern, and it was hell on earth. You know, I'd already lived hell on earth. And I remember I prayed to God, and I said, I want everything in my life to look different than anything in the past. I don't want to be like my family. I don't want to be these things. I want a new direction. I want a new generation starting out of me. And I believe that's actually what happened. I feel like I'm a first generation. That's not actually true. But the way that our family operates is so different. And my kids, they don't even have a clue like of my old me. They don't they don't know what it's like to live in the drama. I mean, yeah. I can tell you that no matter where you are in the struggle, if you will follow a couple pieces of advice we'll give towards the end, you can literally, even though your past is still marked, you can literally step into a new future and shape a new generation. Mm -hmm. But you have to be steadfast in your decision, not change your mind. You know, Craig Groeschel is doing a message called Predecided. You have to predecide. I'm not budging off this regardless of the temptation or whatever. So I'll start with this. I made a decision and I started going to church. That's Mm -hmm. all I did. I mean, going to church for an hour a week is not enough. I was still feeling the same. It's like I made a different decision and I would be encouraged for like a day, but then Monday would roll around and, you know, I'd always do Murphy's Law. It's like, you know, Monday blues. And of course, three (laughs) things bad. If one bad thing bad happens, another one's going to happen. You know, I had all these Murphy Laws in my life. And what made the change was going to church started making me hungry. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just thought, I want to get to know God. So the next thing I did was I started serving at church, Mm -hmm. and I actually ran the slideshow. So every weekend, I would type the scripture, the scriptures that they used, and I would sit behind the screen and run the slideshow. Well, I typed the scriptures the night before, and I couldn't go to bed because I would start reading the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa, this is better than my soap opera. (laughs) (laughs) I watched Young and the Restless. At the time, I was addicted to Young and the Restless. I mean, addicted to the drama. Like, I love drama. (laughs) Yes. I was addicted. Don't you love how God kind of sneaks in little Mm -hmm. tools that you didn't even know that that's what's going to play a pivotal moment in your Mm -hmm. life? I've shared this before on a podcast, but I had a really good friend who was a lead singer of a Christian band, a pretty popular one. And he was just a good songwriter, but he would write Christian songs, but not be a follower of Jesus. Mm. And it was through his lyrics that he was writing that actually led him to the Savior. But he'd been singing these songs in front of big crowds for a long time. He didn't know. He didn't know, though. And then one day, finally, he's singing his own song. And during his session of writing he realized that he didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And so God gave him that ability. And it wasn't that he wrote Christian songs too. That's the only kind of lyrics he could write. He couldn't write secular music, even as a non-believer. That shows you God's in charge. I was just going to say. So that reminded me. God is in charge. As you're writing those scriptures down, he knew that you would look it up. I did. I Well, I would have to open my Bibles back in the day before he could copy. You know, I would (laughs) open my Bible and literally type it out of my Bible but I would read the word for two hours and I was addicted. But I felt like, you know, I'm reading the word and I'm like, this is so interesting. Because if you read in the Old Testament, it's like affair, sleeps around, sin. You're like, what? I don't It's a soap opera. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I don't know God. I don't feel like I know him any better. And I felt like I needed someone with like scholarly, you know, a degree or something to point me because yeah. I was like, 
I realized I don't think I'm actually a Christian. Like if I am a Christian, I don't even know what that looks like. And so I started to think I need to have somebody else teach me. So then I started a disciple Bible class, which was so boring. It was so boring because they <laughs> did these old videos of these guys, probably were my age now, and they were like in their chair, you know, well, first, you know, here's what the verse says or whatever. And But it was in that class we read through the Bible cover to cover. Wow. I had never done that before. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say I skipped around a little bit, <laughs> but I read the Sermon on the Mount. And when I read the Sermon on the Mount, I was blown away. I just... I remember going to class and I said, I need Jesus to breathe. I need him to not be angry. I need him to talk to people so I don't gossip. I need him for everything. I need him, you know, to shine and to not be discouraged and not give up on myself. I need him every minute. And everyone in the class looked at me like, what is wrong with you? We don't even understand what you're saying. And I thought, am I the only one that sees this? Like, that was a radical transformation for me when I realized God isn't someone who's far away. He's not someone you just meet with in the morning or pray to. He's one who lives in you, Mm -hmm. that goes with you, that is there every breath. That changed everything. Well, one thing that I just picked up on what you said was when you started speaking that in front of those um, students, those people, they're like, who are you? We don't understand what you're saying because the Bible also says that we will stand apart. We will mm-hmm. stand out of the crowd. You know, That's we right. will look different. And so, because we can't look the same as this world. And so I love that they were like, they did understand that was a good sign that they did not understand what you were saying. I was definitely marked in that moment. Yeah. And I still didn't know who I was back to identity. I didn't yeah. know who I was at that time. I just started learning God. And what I learned, I shared with this with you earlier, Susie, is that we always say www.do, which means when you know whose you are, who you are, and what you have, you know what to do. That's good. And what I was in stage one. See, if you go to who you are before you know God. Mm-hmm you're going to still end up empty. Yes. You cannot study identity apart from the presence of God. And that's what I'm learning in these years. In this season, the presence of God is where identity is. So you start with who. So when I started reading the Bible, I started learning who the Father was. I started calling the Bible my adoption manual. You know, I'm like, this is my adoption manual. Stefan actually gave me that. Title because I was like, how is this? You know, it's like my father's manual or his like yeah. adoption manual. <laughs> so I just, I just started realizing like this is who my father is. Well, yes. I hadn't been fathered well, mm-hmm. so I didn't know how to be fathered. You think about it. Most of us have broken fathers, so we think God is going to break us. That's right. And we think I could go into a whole theological we thing could. here. <laughs> We're yeah. not going to do that, but yeah. I could. You think, like, God is going to let you down. He's not going to be there for you. He's going to reject you, spank you, punish you, whatever. That is not my view of God because I sat at His feet and I learned who He was and I read the Word and I saw love and I just thought, whoa, all those years I cried for my daddy. I was crying for the Lord. You know, I sat in my room and cried for my dad and and I realized what I was always looking for was the flawless love of God, that's who's right. unconditional. And that's the start of your identity. Yeah. It's not 
just reciting scripture, which I actually, you know, thought that it was too. I've been through so many seasons. It's like, you have to be careful how much weight you put into someone's words. Mm -hmm. Put your weight in the word of God. Put your weight in the Lord. Put your trust in what they say. Don't look for the scholar to tell you the way. Get in the word and the word will transform you. That's right. So that's how it started. It just, that started just opening up my heart to realize I'm a daughter. He's my father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then good. who am I? If I'm his daughter, who am I? I'm his daughter. I have a father. What does he have that I need? He has everything. You know, it's like I'm not rejected. I'm accepted because he says he will never leave me. And he's the first one to never leave me. That's right. What you're saying without saying <laughs> uh, is there's, you know, the scripture is the renewing of the mind. And you do that through the Word of God, Mm -hmm. and that's basically what you did, is you began to know whose you were, Mm -hmm. that you had a father, that you were his daughter, you're an heir to the throne, that you were adopted into the sonship Mm -hmm. of the Father through Christ Jesus, Mm -hmm. that you're at the right hand of the Father with Christ Jesus. Where did you learn all of that? By reading the Word. 100%. And I think that is where we need to start because like you've said, there are different levels of learning your identity in Christ. And it all starts with knowing the word of God because that's where we're going to. Well, it's how you know the father. Exactly. Yeah. And so many people, well, some of you listening right now may think I've tried that and it just hasn't worked. Or I pick it up and I don't know where to start. I pick it up and it's a foreign language. I just don't understand it. I don't get anything from it. And, you know, we've talked about this many times. And so, you know, what one thing that I would encourage you is just to start somewhere. The Gospels are a good place, which mm-hmm. is the New Testament. John, mm-hmm. John for sure. And, and so share a little bit. Some of you that are in that season of your life where you've tried and tried and make, to make sense of the word, but it's not. Ladies, what would you suggest that they do? One of the things that I did, because that was me, mm-hmm. um, I don't comprehend well when I read. So uh, I would read out loud, which would help me, but then I didn't always understand. One of the things that I did that helped me understand was to the local church that I was a part of did a Bible study for women. And so I participated in the Bible study class, which kind of helped me understand, kind of like go deeper into the yep. meaning of the words that I was reading. But the best advice I think I could give is that we have a friend in the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And whether you are in a place yet where you understand that he is with you, I promise you, if you've received the Lord as your Savior and accepted him, um, the Holy Spirit is living in you. And so just ask for wisdom. I mean, that's what the word tells us to do is ask for wisdom. What would you say? Well, and you still yeah. beat your head against the wall, right? Because mm-hmm. you ask for wisdom and you read it and you're like, that didn't make <laughs> it. Yeah. I mean, I basically would read the Bible and I'd be like, okay, well, it tells me not to be angry, but I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now I don't know what to do. That did not help me. I, I specifically remember those seasons and it's just like, okay, whatever. And, you know, because we think the Bible is a solution manual, but it's a family. It's a manual of the family of God. So I did a Bible study. I went to another Bible study after that, and they taught and taught, and I stayed in the Word. I used my Life Application Bible. That was really Mm. helpful, all the notes at the bottom. They always say, don't read the notes at the bottom. But I had to read the notes at the bottom. I didn't understand anything. me too. And so I just think that also, you know, 
the Bible doesn't make sense to you till the eyes of your heart are open. Yeah. So surrender your heart to the Lord and give Him some time, and I guarantee you He'll open the Bible to you. You know, lay your body down on your floor and say, Father, I surrender to you. Show me who you are, and He'll do it. Like, don't get into the Word without His presence because it will just end up falsely inflating you or you won't get anything out of it, and then you'll turn away from or it. Or it'll just be a history book to you. Yeah. It's good. It'll just be knowledge, you know, but it won't be food for your soul. It's good. Mm-hmm. One thing, um, I'm pulling this out. This is Sherry's book that she's written. It's called Stuck. So I highly recommend you girls get this and read it. But there's one quote in here that I want to share real fast that I really loved. And it says, we should know God and our identity through his eyes so well that we run towards our giants with great faith like David did whenever he fought Goliath. And so I love just what what that says and what that means is, you know, we don't have to be, when you know who you are in Christ, when you know the word, you don't have to run away from your day-to-day struggles, but you start to run towards them because you know that victory is on the other side. And I want to speak to that. Mm-hmm. I, that's where I am today. You know, you know that. Yeah. And I've been here for a while. So while I still struggle sometimes with my identity, especially with some of those that are closest with me, everybody does. You're going to have the battles. Why? Because the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to throw you off. He wants to take you away from the Lord. But, you know, it gets quicker over time to be able to stand up and yeah. rise in your identity. But today you know, really for a long time, I will stand in the face of whatever the battle is. Yeah. You know, we, we don't stand for sickness. We don't, mm-hmm. we do not stand for sin. We stand for the Lord and with the Lord and the Lord's calling us all. You've got to know your identity so that you can walk in holiness. He's calling us to holy level. He's calling the church. It's we're his bride. He's coming to pick up a bride who's prepared herself. So whether you've um, been stained. Guess what? The Word of God in Ephesians said you're blameless. That's God right. cleans you and He makes you pure. You're going to be a pure virgin bride when He comes back. Yeah. So you've got to know your identity so you can ready your heart and and be prepared for Him. And and some of you are thinking like, well, I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm not ready for that. And regardless of when you're ready or not, the Lord will continue to woo you because He loves you so mm, much. Yes. He's always pursuing you. Always pursuing you. Mm-hmm. And just, we've got to know our identity because there's so much more on the other side. I would say identity is the beginning. And then there's this massive um, change of heart. Because my husband, he's like, you don't even look a resemblance of who you were so many years ago, which yeah. I think is amazing. It is it's a, a great compliment. compliment. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember the old me. I don't mm-hmm. remember the drama. I don't remember being a worry wart. I know I bought like a gas mask at one point. You know, I was like <laughs> a real worry wart. I was worried. But um, I heard, I don't know if I can say his name. I heard Todd White say one mm. time somebody threatened to kill him. Yeah. And he said, you're going to threaten me with heaven? Yeah, that's right. I love it. The only people that can say that are people that have the closest relationship with the Lord, that they're literally not afraid to die. die. Yeah. And I I would say, to to be honest, I wasn't, I definitely wasn't at that stage, you know, where I was like, I want to be able to say that. You know, when Mm -hmm. I heard him say it, I'm like, I want to be able to say that. And not everybody can, but that's the relationship. So through the relationship with Christ, we learn our identity. And I'm strong. Like, I pray for people to rise from the dead, to be healed, for arms to grow, legs to grow, blind eyes to see. And we have seen 
so many miracles. Mm -hmm. When you know who you are, you know what to do. You'll know your authority. You'll know what God has given you. So there's so much more. You, I need to call you all up to arise yeah. in Jesus' name. That's right. Know that you're His beloved. You're His daughter. He loves you so much that He will not stop pursuing you. Just the fact that you're here right now, He's wooing you and pursuing you and saying, I am your first love. Take your eyes off of everything else. Like there is no number two. I'm the first. And once you make him the first, everything else becomes easier. You love through him. And he's just saying, I am your beloved. Fix your eyes on me. Just turn towards me and let me start doing the work. You don't have to work so hard. This is the easiest place to find your identity. And I will never leave you. I will never reject you. You are worthy. You're more precious than rubies and pearls and gold and silver and anything. He, you're so precious to him. He loves you so much. So that's good. That's good. Mm. Makes me want to accept Jesus all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Which you've done. Which I've, I've done. Think <laughs> <laughs> yes. we've all done it. <laughs> yes. I, I sometimes I my husband he's really amazing, and sometimes I'll. Be like, wow, you make me feel like I need to get saved. <laughs> so I'll just be like, Father, I just surrender my life to you again. Right? It's a daily journey. It is. It is a daily, daily journey. journey. Yep. It's a daily journey. Step by step, you just keep surrendering your life to Christ. And we mess up. You know, my husband just said to me this morning, we're going to fail. But we're failing because we're walking it out in faith. So celebrate the failures and know you're a winner already. Just fail with Him by your side. Yeah. Or in you, right? Mm -hmm. Out of your belly. <laughs> That's, right. Will flow. That's right. <laughs> Did you want to read that? I can. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to close with this, I guess. Yeah. I just want to encourage you to get in the Word. Don't stop pursuing God. He's pursuing you. Yeah. And um, my husband just wrote me a birthday note, and I might cry. I cried when I read it. Good. I have not been alive for as many years as he accounts because he uses football quarters here. <laughs> but <laughs> Love it. He said, uh, Sherry, here's your halftime report. The first quarter, the opposition dominated you. You got beat up out there. There were some hits. They were very hard to forget. But the second quarter was a different story. You got a new quarterback and some new power. You put a lot of new people on the field. You dominated this game. It doesn't look like the enemy can recover. In God's timing, it's only a couple of heartbeats, though. Mm, it's wow. only been a couple of heartbeats. He created you in His image, a cheerleader, a coach, a winner, and you are right on time. And I want to tell you, this word is for you if you're listening. He created you in His image, and you are right on time. Mm. Just do what I did and just decide today. I'm just going to start one thing. I'm just going to go to church. That's it. Wow, Amen. that Amen. is so powerful. It just goes to show you that no matter how life starts, that you can overcome and finish strong. And God is always right on time. And they even say that in football. They say it doesn't matter how you start the game, it's how you finish. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a finisher now. That's right. And that's because of the Lord. Yes. He's good. Yes, there's and points I on the scoreboard every anything. time now. Mm -hmm. yep. well, well, thank you so thank much, you. Sherry. Well, thanks for having me. Thank, thank you, you for love being you guys. here. Yeah. And uh, what a powerful message. I'm excited for Thank you for sharing it. with all of you. Love y'all. You're love so you. sweet. <laughs>
Thank you again for joining us, and we hope to see you again next week for the final week of the Battle of Identity. Until then, please be sure to like and share this podcast because Warriors Arise is on a mission to deliver a message of hope and freedom to hurting women. If you would like to talk with us, you can call us today at 405-482-4411, or you can email us at info at warriorsariseministry.org. Thanks again for joining us. And remember, because of what Jesus did on the cross, you are not fighting for victory, but from victory. The battle has already been won.